So we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us. Otherwise, we shall be fruitless like the fig tree that had no fruit or that was full of leaves and, and, and was cast by Jesus and just dried up. Without the Holy Spirit, my friends, we are, we are nothing and we can do nothing for Christ. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners, saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have Good morning and Happy New Year, my dear friends. I am so glad that we are alive and well and still celebrating the new year and looking ahead to the future ahead of us and planning on how we shall live uh, this year and how we shall handle any issues, any challenges arising. Now, our message, uh, our first message then this year is a message that will not only, I, I, that, is, that, that I pray will not only give us hope and motivation to live differently, but it will also teach us, in fact, how to live differently. And so like, uh, for us to read from the book of Philippians chapter 3 verses 10 to 21 under the topic keep on keeping on keep on keeping on shall we pray father you have called us to be yours your children your people your beloved your church And you know, Father, that you love us with an everlasting love and you desire that those who belong to you will have the best of everything. You created us, Lord, to live with you and to live um, abundant lives Yet that is not what it always is. That is not the experience of most of us. Because of reasons we know ourselves. Because of our fallenness. Because of sin. I want to pray, Father, that we shall not allow anything in this world deter or lay roadblocks on our side, on our, on, on our um, endeavor to excel in our lives, in our work, in our ministries, in our, in our families and everything that we do. Help us, therefore, to take your word seriously, to read it, to meditate on it, and with your help to put it into practice. This we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our loving Savior. Amen. Shall we read... Uh, Philippians chapter 3, 
verses 10 to 21. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Know that I have already obtained all this, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of Christ. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now let's try and break some of what Paul has said. Uh, but as, as always, it is advisable for us to read a whole chapter or even the whole book of Philippians for, uh, to, for, to, to, in order to get the whole message, uh, uh, Paul's message to the Philippians. Now the apps, as we as we read in in, in geography, the apps, you know, there are apps mountains. It's a mountain ridge in Europe. So the 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 apps is the highest mountain ridge range in Europe. Somewhere on the slopes of the apps, um, there is a grave of a climber who died attempting to reach one of the highest peaks. Now, on the gravestone, after his name, are the words, 
he climbed, he died climbing. He died climbing. Now, Apostle Paul was a man who died climbing. And Paul wants you and I and all Christians to die climbing. To, cl to climb up to the highest spiritual mountain peak. Now, towards the end of his life and career, Paul wrote these words. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Amen? So uh, what Paul is pressing on to obtain, he wants us all to join him in so doing, in that endeavor, even as we wait for the coming of Christ. That should be um, the, 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 the end, the, the, the end of that Paul has described here should be the goal and the motivation of every believer every day and every moment of our lives. Now Paul's message and instruction to all Christians is this, that you and I should keep on keeping on. In other words, we need to follow, we need to follow his example, for this is the way that all Christians ought to live, pressing on or keeping on keeping on. This is a true gospel of Jesus Christ, my friends. You must keep pressing on. There is no turning back. In order to finish, you, in order to finish, you must begin. In order to win, you must compete or fight. In order to be successful, you must try and try even harder. My friends, there is no comfort zone for Christians in this world, for this world is not our home. We are just passing through. So let us therefore then uh, learn from Paul how we may press on towards the ultimate goal of our faith. And we shall do so uh, under three no, broad headings. Number one, Paul says, I want to know Christ in verses 10 and 11. He says, I want to know Christ. And my reaction is, what? What is Paul saying? Is, he, is it a joke? Paul, the great apostle, who wrote most of the books in the New Testament and, 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 and great, did great things on behalf of the gospel. Now, Paul 
was the greatest, greatest of all apostles. And yet he wants to know Christ. In fact, it is, let me first of all say, it is, it is thought that uh, um, apart from Jesus, Paul was the most influential uh, Christian who ever lived. Apart from Jesus, uh, Paul is a greater contributor to the Christian uh, message, to the gospel of Christ. Uh, you know, above, he's, he's, he's the chief, uh, one you can say, of all the apostles. But what does he mean, therefore, this great apostle, the chief of the apostles, whose influence, uh, as far as Christianity is concerned, is second only to Christ, what does he mean, I want to know Christ? Surely Paul knows Christ and knows him very well. Every Christian believer knows Christ to some extent. But Paul is not just another Christian. Just remember how Paul, when he was so, how he hated Christ and tried his best to destroy his church. He even oversaw the, the, the death of Stephen. Remember how Christ confronted him on the Damascus road and, tying, and turned him into his disciple. Remember that when Paul wrote this particular letter to the Philippians, he was serving time in a Philippian jail, in, 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 in a Roman jail. And now, and the church to which he's writing this letter, the church at Philippi, he had founded it through great persecution, including a thorough beating and a night in jail. Paul was the first to preach the gospel in Europe. According to his own testimony, he had suffered greatly on account of Christ, and now he faced imminent death in a Roman prison for the sick, for the criminal offense of preaching Jesus. Criminal in quotes. Yet in his own evaluation, he still did not know Christ enough. In fact, his one burning desire in life is not just to know Christ, but to share also in his death and his resurrection. To know more and more of Jesus, my dear friends, should be the desire and the prayer of every Christian. Let it be our prayer uh, in this year, 2024. Yet, many of us are satisfied just sitting at the entrance instead of entering where the real life is. Many are like some Israelis who chose to settle on the wrong side of the Jordan instead of crossing over into the promised land. Like these Israelis, some churches are, con are, are, are content to preach only a limited version or a summarized version of the gospel. And many Christians are well satisfied with just limited gospel, 
sanitized gospel that has no challenges, that does not point a finger, that does not hold them accountable for their faults and failures. I mean, for example, for a very long time, the churches that are normally called uh, on mainline churches, those are the churches that were planted um, by missionaries, uh, appeared like they, they had either avoided the whole subject of the Holy Spirit, and in fact, they seemed like they are suspicious of anyone who claimed to have the Holy Spirit. And so we encounter, we, uh, people encountered the Holy Spirit only in the creeds where we say, I believe in God the Father, I believe in the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, and all that, a resurrection of the body and that stuff. But I, I mean, having grown in one of, I, one of those churches, I can't remember a teaching ever on the subject of the Holy Spirit. Yet the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Holy Trinity. He's, the Holy Spirit is a, is a special gift to God's children as promised by Christ before his ascension, before he left, before he was arrested and, 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 and crucified. He will send another, Christ said, I will send another helper to be with you and he will remind you of all the things I have taught you. And without the Holy Spirit, we cannot be children of God whatsoever. It is by the, that spirit that we are able even to communicate with God and to be identified as sons of God. Well, children of God, if you like. The spirit of Christ in us, the spirit of Christ dwells in us. Or rather, the spirit of Christ dwelling in us is what makes all the difference in our Christian life. The Holy Spirit is the life of Jesus living in his followers. I want to underline that. So we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us. Otherwise, we shall be fruitless like the fig tree that had no fruit well, that was full of leaves and, and, and was cast by Jesus and just dried up. Without the Holy Spirit, my friends, we are, we are nothing and we can do nothing for Christ. My dear friends, I have said this before, but let me say it again. Don't, let, don't be satisfied with nominal Christianity. My friends, do not, you know, knowing Christ, do, do not be satisfied with knowing Jesus only superficially. There is more to know. And when you know that, there is still more and there's more that God desires to give us, you and I. But the question is, do you have room for him in your life? Or are you like the inn that was so full that there was no room there for Christ to be born? Paul, in his past life, was a Pharisee. And he was like this, the, the, the person I'm describing here. He followed empty religion, which had no power, no, 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 no beginning, no end. Paul was like that before he met Jesus. He liked the true knowledge of God. He was, very, he was, was, he was well educated for sure. And he was very religious. 
fact, is that not enough? Paul was legalistic, self-righteous, proud, arrogant, aggressive, and anti-Christ, and anti-Christianity as well. Out of ignorance, Paul, who was then so persecuted the church of Jesus Christ, thinking that he could destroy it. Now this same Paul says, I want to know Christ and die with him in order that I might also share in his resurrection life. What does he mean here? Now Paul, Paul says that all those things he had boasted about in his life as a Pharisee, he now regarded as useless, mere rubbish, garbage of no value whatsoever. What does it mean? It means that there's nothing in this world, my dear friends, not even silver or gold or all the wealth of the world. There's absolutely nothing in this world more valuable than knowing Jesus Christ and having him live in your life and my life. To obtain salvation in Christ, Paul needed to give up everything he had previously valued. In Matthew 13, Jesus told two parables of two men who had sold everything in order to buy something of greater value. Paul had given up his righteousness based on the law in exchange for Christ's righteousness, which is mediated by the Holy Spirit. That is what Paul is teaching here, my friends. That is what he's teaching you and I. He says he had died with Christ in order to be raised with him. Die with Christ and attain to his resurrection. Paul expresses the same thought in the Galatians, in the book of Galatians, um, when, where he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And in Philippians chapter 2, we are told that a Christian needs to have the mind of Christ and to be like, like Christ. The life of Christ, as we know, is a life of self-sacrifice, suffering, physical death, and physical resurrection. The hope, the hope of our future resurrection is one of the principal beliefs of Christianity. But the Bible also talks about a spiritual death and a spiritual resurrection. This refers to the transformation that we experience in our lives when we submit ourselves to Christ. We become new people in all areas of our lives. The old me, therefore, is gone, and behold, I have become someone new in Christ Jesus. So it is no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. This is the ultimate goal of our faith, my friends, to be like Christ. 
Number two, Paul is, talks about pressing on towards the goal, verses 12 and 14, to 14. Um, in Luke chapter 10, for, um, uh, in Luke um, 10, 41 to 42, we see Jesus telling Martha, do not concern yourself with so many things. Only one thing is needed, and your sister Mary has chosen that, what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary had chosen to sit at the Lord's feet and to listen to him, while mother was worried about cooking for her guest. Now, Paul is telling us that it, to our benefit, we should have one, only one goal in life. He himself has chosen only one goal and we should do the same. Goal setting, as we know, is an important principle that is taught and practiced in business, in management, in leadership. Let's see in all of life, goal setting. Paul is telling us that he has set a goal for his life. He has chosen to do only one thing the rest of his life. His one goal in life will be to press on towards the finish line with expectation of winning the prize to be awarded by Christ at the end of time. Paul is thinking here, uh, like, like, like a Kenyan marathon, marathon runner, one of the greatest events and the proudest moments in, in, in Kenya comes when the Kenyan flag is hoisted at the Olympics or other athletic games, and the gold medal is awarded to our winning athletes with our national anthem booming in the whole stadium. Friends, what is your goal in life? What is your spiritual goal? Many Christians do not appear to have any goal whatsoever. They are satisfied with very little, while God desires to give them all the treasures of heaven. Finally, Paul talks about Christian mat maturity in verses 15 to 21. Now, to choose Christ as our one goal in life and to live a sacrificial life as Paul, as Paul did is the sure mark of Christian maturity. Paul admits he has not yet attained the full measure of Christ's righteousness. He is not yet perfect, he says. That is why he has to press on without ever looking back. And who are the enemies of the cross? It is those who refuse to die to the past. They become, they, 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 they claim to have Christ, but they, they carry with them all the baggage that they have been dragging on, even when they were not believers. And to live without spiritual goal is to lose one's focus, to, um, and therefore one is, finds themselves worrying about so many things. Now, these people, are, this, this is the condition of the enemies of the cross. Because they are carrying so much garbage, they worry about so many things instead of concentrating themselves on the goal of their Christian life. And so they, they, they have become enemies of the cross on which Christ was crucified and on which every believer in Christ ought to be crucified. Let us remember this. My dear friends, we are citizens of heaven. Verse 20 of our reading. And we are eagerly expecting our Lord Jesus to come back someday. It could happen any time. 
our one and only concern, therefore, should be to live our lives according to the principles of the kingdom of God, as taught and exemplified by Christ and imitated by Paul, by Apostle Peter, and all Christ's disciples, and has been adopted by the church ever since it was uh, created. Our Lord said, seek first the kingdom, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. That is how, my friends, we ought to live. Therefore, keep on keeping on. This means go after the goal of our salvation in spite of air or obstacles, dangers, sufferings, or even death. The mountaineer that we mentioned at the beginning died climbing, so must we die climbing if necessary. We have also seen that Paul died pressing on towards the goal of his faith. And I hope that somebody remembered to write these words on his tombstone, that he climbed pressing on towards the goal. My dear friends, let me end with this question. What would you like to be written on your gravestone? Shall we pray? Father, help us to keep on keeping on. Fill us with the Spirit, Lord, all who believe in you. And help us, Father, like Paul, to press on. And when we face opposition, to press even harder still and to reach the very point of our goal or the, and the very goal of our faith. May this year be a, a year of victory and fruitfulness in the life of every Christian. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in Him, He takes away our sins, He covers under His righteousness.